Welcome to Heartspeak Podcast, episode 227, Minding Our Sacred Space. Welcome to the Heartspeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you are in the world. It's good to be back with you, and it's good to be back home in New Mexico. I had a wonderful time in Japan, meeting old friends and new, and seeing some new sites around where I was staying. And I look forward to returning and renewing my connection to the Lemurian land of Japan and the, the deep ancientness of that land and the dragon energy that lives within the earth. But I'm here now, and it's wonderful to be with you. And we have a full moon in Leo coming up on the 5th of February. And Leo represents celebration, self-confidence, being in the spotlight, being a leader, being assertive. And as I say all of that, I know that some of you Leos are already disappearing under the table and saying, that's not me. But for all of us, new... New moons start something, full moons are the culmination of that idea that we had 14 days ago. So what are you celebrating after those 14 days? What are you saying, da-da, I did it. And it's a truly a time for celebration, not just of the last 14 days, but bringing ourselves into a state of confidence because we celebrate who we are. We don't need somebody else to approve of us. And when we can celebrate ourselves and feel self-assured, then the square that we have to Uranus, which is about unexpected things happening, we're not bowled over by those unexpected things quite so easily. We can surf those waves of change. So I hope over this week you will feel very confident and allow yourself to celebrate, write down what you're celebrating, to really bring that to a fore. Now, beyond that, we have, obviously, we've got things happening and coming towards us, as I keep mentioning everything that's happening in March. But I wanted to focus, first of all, on the Pluto-Aquarius energy, because Uranus, that I've just mentioned, actually rules Aquarius. And Aquarius and Uranus together signify understanding of AI, internet, social media, communication, social idealism, communities, all those things I've mentioned before. And there are new ideas coming in, new ideas about how we should look after the earth, new ideas about what we should do, obviously, with the need for electricity, etc. But I'm also noticing problems arising. And I think that to deny those problems is not helpful. So you may have read about the whales that are dying off the East Coast, especially around the New York area and New Jersey areas. And it is thought to be due to the fact that the government, somebody is erecting wind farms out in the water and that something they're doing in the creating or the building of these wind farms is actually disturbing the whales and causing them to die. It, 
is not thought that it's actually the machinery or the structures within the earth. It seems to be something they're doing with the sonar or the electricity. And this is very worrisome. So here we are trying to save the planet <laughs> with wind farms, and we're killing off, as we have done before, the eagles and now the whales. And there's a lot of fish and mammals around that area. So there are dolphins and other fish there. And I think this is where we have to balance up the idea of, oh, look how wonderful we are. We're saving the planet and we're killing nature in the process or even humanity. It reminds me of how the military, the Navy, have been putting low-frequency sound waves into the waters, especially around Hawaii, where I have actually had the privilege of being in the waters with the whales, not necessarily swimming with them, but hearing their sounds. And what I learned from the likes of Joan Ocean were that these low-frequency sound waves were actually causing bleeding into the brains of the whales and causing them to get disorientated and then to, to, to beach themselves, so to die. Now, I don't know what they have found out about this problem that's happening on the east coast of America, but I suggest that an autopsy on the brain would be very interesting because I wonder whether or not something they're doing is causing this to happen because it feels as if the wind farms are still in the research stage rather than actually being in their running stage. They're not up and running as yet. Now, there's another issue that I've heard come about, which is, as you may know, the price of eggs has risen dramatically, certainly here in the United States. But I noticed it hadn't done that in Japan. They were about the same prices. I wonder what's happening in your country. And it has been thought it was due to the flu, the avian flu, then many chickens having to be killed. But again, I just heard yesterday that the chickens are actually not laying as many eggs that, again, not keeping eggs myself, but I know they tend to be regular layers um, during certain periods of the, of the year, and they seem to be laying many less. And some people are looking at whether it's the feed they're being given. But it also reminds me of the whole issue of 5G and other problems that we've had, including, of course, the problems we're having with fertility within women because of the accumulation of the vaccine within the ovaries. So there's a lot going on that we're not necessarily understanding. But I think that, once again, we must be very careful not to try to rush ahead with progress without understanding the effects of that progress. And, you know, we, may, we could easily look at the rare metal problem where we are having to dig up rare metals with the use of slave labor, um, young children having to go down into the mines, et cetera, just for the sake that we can have our phones, et cetera. So, you know, we need to just understand there's always a consequence to our actions. And it's really important to look at those actions um, with discernment after the effect, if that's necessary. So we can actually say, what, what's the income and what's the outcome of, our, of what we're doing? So let's move on to today's subject, and that is minding our sacred space. And the reason I decided to talk about this was that I had seen an increasing interest in looking at psychic matters. And I'm very excited about that, you know, having been intuitive all my life. But with Saturn 
moving into Pisces in March, I think the whole issue of being psychic, being spiritual, being religion, religious is coming up to be looked at. Now, let's just take one step at a time. When Saturn moved into Aquarius, that was back in 2020, and we all know what was going on around that time, Saturn is often seen as the limiter. So Aquarius can be seen as freedom and expansion and thinking on the high levels. Saturn coming in, put people into lockdown, uh, restricted their religions and their spiritual meetings, etc., etc. But I also like to see Saturn as the focuser. And I think that rather than just limiting us, it focuses us. So what I saw when Saturn went into Aquarius from 2020 and until, as we're seeing now, uh, March, it will be moving into Pisces, it's focused our attention on Aquarius. It's focused our attention on freedom. It's focused our attention on social idealism. It's focused our attention on community. So I feel that when Saturn's around, it may feel as if we're being locked down or restricted, but it's actually bringing us back to our blueprint and saying, okay, what's really going on here? And then once we focus, we can learn from that. And I think we've all been learning about all of those Aquarian ideas. And then we can start teaching it. So Saturn focuses, teaches, and then we can teach. So now when Saturn is going into Pisces, I see the same thing going to happen. I think we're going to be feeling that our, our psychic abilities may be restricted, but I think they're also going to be focused. And I think they're going to be focused on integrity. And I think they're going to cause us to look at our boundaries. And what are those psychic boundaries? Do we have a right to any psychic boundaries if this is just collective consciousness? And then I think we'll learn from this and I think we'll move forward. So the question is when someone, for instance, so a lot of the psychic work, or we could say the Piscean work, Saturn going into Pisces, Pisces is about psychic sensitivity, unlimitedness, but it's also about delusion, illusion, drugs, and they can be prescription drugs or they can be uh, <coughs> non-prescription drugs mind-altering drugs. They, it can be to do with cults and gurus and leaders. So what I feel is going to be happening is that all of those systems are going to be asked, what is the integrity? What is your purpose? And I think it's also going to bring to mind, what is your teaching? So what is your message that you're putting out there? And I feel that is going to be asked what is your intention? Another way of saying focus. What is the intention of your action? And so even though Pisces are being unlimited, we're also needing to focus. That makes sense. So we, we have the ability to see far and wide and we need to focus. And that, I think, will bring us into a good alignment with having safety energies around our psychic abilities, minding our sacred space. Now, why am I talking about this? <clears throat> One, I think I'm seeing more and more people choosing to take either microdoses of non-prescription drugs or 
even higher doses of non-prescription drugs or mind-altering drugs, all of which I would say, you know, I would say in the right hands with the, the right uh, leader showing you what to do, this is great. But as an individual, and this is where I think this is important, minding your sacred space, you need to be within your integrity, your intention. Why am I doing this? What do I hope to achieve out of this? And what will I not do? Where do I not feel safe going? And that safety is your decision, not somebody else's. You see, the worlds that we're talking about are those dimensions I've talked about before. The third dimension, solid. We know where we are. Fourth dimension is the one that we're really living in and where this Saturn in Pisces is really going to intensify. Fourth dimension, the place of dreams, ideas, transformation, illusions, delusions, addictions. I mean, you could say that fourth dimension is the land of Pisces. So it's the land where anything can happen and anything can happen. And what we need to do when we're walking in that fourth dimension is have a really clear intention, which hopefully comes from that fifth dimensional higher mind. So setting an intention before you do anything, from if you wish from your meditation, like <clears throat> what is the highest intention I wish to bring to this moment? And keep it as clean and clear as possible. For instance, my highest intention is always, let me live my soul's full incarnation this life. Or let me be true to my soul, whichever you wish. Let me live in love and light. But when we say, let me grow or let me, when we, we add all those different ideas and expectations, those filters, we start to not have clear intention. Because that's what I hear. I hear words being spouted around in the spiritual realms, in the consciousness realms, the ascension realms, which sound fabulous. But I have to then ask, well, what are you actually meaning? What does this mean? And that obviously often is the way I will work with a client because people want to throw a word at me and almost say to me, go away and leave me alone. I've said this word. And I'm always saying then, and how's that look? How does that, how does that appear in your world? And I think that's not a bad way of asking ourselves. I want to love everybody. So how's that going to look in your world? What, what does that mean? Does that mean that you're going to give everybody a hug or you're going to love everybody, whatever they do to you? So if someone hurts you, you're going to just love them and bury your face in your woundedness? I don't know. And I, and I hear these words like gratitude. You've just got to be grateful. Grateful for what? Grateful to who? Who is this being that I'm being grateful to? Oh, it's God. So who's God? What's going on? Who is this God that I'm being grateful for? Now, you may have great answers to everything, and you may say, I don't know why you're even asking that question, Christine. You know who God is. Well, maybe I don't. I know maybe the God within me and the God of my idealism, but I don't know your God. And when someone says, be grateful, I kind of think of the person who has had a really hard life, and maybe they've lived with an abusive parent or an alcoholic husband or their children have died 
are they just supposed to be grateful? I think, you know, that might be that you're just meant to be grateful for the opportunities to walk through those situations. But I think everybody has to come to their own space. And I remember, I mean, I was brought up being grateful, friends, so this is not something new to me. You know, you've got to make sure you thank everybody. That was my mother's motto. And I used to think, why am I having to thank them before I've even enjoyed the present that they've just given me? But there we go. So the fact of the matter is I remember going to a play, beautiful site, a uh, place of refuge in Hawaii, and saying, oh, I'm so grateful to be here. And I heard my guidance say, enough of this gratefulness, just enjoy it. So what are the words that you're bringing to yourself? I should be better. I should be, in the other words, often demeaning who we are now. I've got to try harder. I've got to be a better person. I've got to be a more loving person. Who, who cares? It doesn't really matter what the words are. When we say we must be better or should be, we're constantly putting ourselves down as being perfect just as we are. So as we move into this Saturn Piscean world, as we move into a place of deciding to maybe, I don't know, take some mind-altering drugs or go into a group, ask ourselves, what is my intention? What does this align to my intention? And the Aquarian way, which we're also heading into with Pluto there, says, if it's not true to my intention, I will leave. Not because I think the other people are bad or, or I'm judging them. It's just not right for me. And so minding our sacred space comes from that place of discernment. What's right for me? Me and my God, me and my soul, me and my higher self. And to do that, we've got to be clear. We've got to do our own work. So when I say minding our sacred space, we've got to clear out our sacred space from all the chatter and all these dogmas and all, all these ideas that we've been infused into us or either absorbing about who we should be if we're a good spiritual person or a psychic person. So clear that space. I just want to be me. What does that mean? I love me. What does that mean? Come, come home. Clear the space. Let that full moon shine in and say, do I celebrate everything within this sacred space as me? And get rid of the I should be betters because all of that is just chatter and hypnosis. It's all illusion. You can't be better than being yourself because you are unique. So better than what? Being your unique self? Just be unique. And then you're as best as you can be in this moment. <laughs> and one other area I just want to address is the area of in such an open space as this fourth dimension, this place of illusion, there's also a tendency to believe that we can enter into somebody else's mind and know what's right for them. That's a very Piscean thought. And so any of you who are Pisces or have strong Piscean energy, you often relate to people by merging with them, reading what's going on in their mind, creating a world for them that you think they want, putting them in that world and thinking everybody happy until they're not. But I've also been around those who have been taught that it's okay to wander into and out of someone's mind. 
because you're doing it from your higher self and you're doing it for the best of them. I'm sorry, that's bullshit. If you want to come into my sacred space, into my mind, into my aura, and want to read it or even just come into it, please, we ask permission. All of you have, who have been in any of my courses hear me say that over and over again. Before you enter someone's sacred space, ask for permission. Before you enter a sacred site, ask for permission. It's a sacred place. It's, it's a unique individual's body, you know, even a sacred site. You do not just walk in and out. And we have enough of that happening on the physical level. This certainly should not happen on the psychic level. And when I hear people say, oh, well, I, I doused and they said they were happy if I wandered in and out of their sacred space and, and that I'm asking them questions and I'm hearing their answers psychically or telepathically, I'm concerned. Because have you actually addressed this person physically and said, is it okay if I enter your sacred space? Have they given permission verbally? Because I don't believe, I'm sorry, I know some of you, I may be treading on your toes. I don't believe that we have enough authority to say, I exactly know what this person's thinking and what they need, and that we're not getting in our own way doing that. I think it takes someone who's done an awful lot of inner work and has real discernment and real clarity to say that they can read someone else and bring about change without permission, verbal, verbal permission. And I'm concerned. Uh, I remember Alice Bailey saying that, you know, healing at distance, unless you get that permission, and there are certain groups who do do that, can be inadequate at least and actually dangerous at most. And I think I don't need you to walk in and out of my space. I don't want you to pray for me. If you want to, to pray for me, please ask me what you want me to be prayed for. You know, let Christine be all that she can be this life. But please don't put your impressions, your needs, your expectations on my, my psyche because you're actually influencing me because that's what you're hoping to do. I mean, let's be honest. You're not hoping that you'll have no effect. You're hoping that somehow you will have an effect. And I think this is going to be something that will really become pertinent in these next few years. Integrity. And if you say, oh, well, it, you know, no, I'm just kind of doing this thing. I'm wandering in and out of people's minds. Well, stop it. But if you don't think that there are powers within this earth who know how to get into our heads with mass psychosis or mass hypnosis or advertising, you are way behind the times. And everything that I'm listening to is all about mind control. Mind control by putting someone into a shame or a fear state. Let, therefore, you know, when we're in that state of, of helplessness, or anxiety, we're more likely to go along with what someone's telling us to do. And that's, you know, been happening for thousands of years. We know that one of the things I was listening to is that if you go into Google and you then Google a subject that 
has no threat, like how to bake bread, you'll get a list of things, how to bake bread. But what I've noticed myself, that if I went to a subject that was a little more risky, I kept meeting uh, or being shown movies of the same name or albums that have been made of the same name, music of the same name. And I, and I was hearing that that's what Google have decided to do, that if you go into any subject that they don't like, they'll throw up some sort of movie or or music, and that's the world of illusion, the world that of, of make-believe. You know, you didn't really want to go there. This is what you want. And I think, you know, so much is happening in our mindsets. So much of, of fear uh, is being heightened, um, guilt, etc. as I've mentioned before. So this is a time that whoever you are, whether you're someone who can read other people or whether you're being read, this is a time to say, let us have integrity in this action. Let us together mind my sacred space and I'll mind yours. And if you wish to pray for me or read me, ask my permission first. Because I actually am a wonderfully... Uh, accurate computer, and I really don't need somebody else's energy coming into my mind spa space. And I just wonder, you know, whether how many of you just finally have had experiences like this. Have you had dreams, I'm sure, where there has been psychic attacks? Have you had dreams where, you know, we say to ourselves, oh, I had a dream about a ET, or I had a dream about my mother, or I dream. And we know that that is a meeting place of energies that, okay, in this sense, we say, well, isn't that wonderful? I met this person. But there'd be other times where you've said, oh, my goodness, I was frightened in this dream by this energy. We call that psychic attack. And I've experienced that a few times myself. And always I've said, okay, how did I open the door to this person or this person's psychic energy? Because it's never a one-way street. What did I do to open myself? And how do I contain that? Not just about putting white lights around myself, but why did I give them my power or I should say the key to the door to let them in? What is it I saw weak in me and maybe strong in them that I allowed them to do that? And my last thing is that I remember being with a world-famous guru and um, not particularly liking what they were doing on a physical level. And I chose to kind of pull away at that time. And I remember being in their garden, a garden they had in their, their ashram. And I heard in my mind, tell, you know, tell your guides to come and work for me. And it was completely out of the blue. I had not even been thinking about my guides. And I went, no, and immediately left the ashram. But I have to tell you, my friends, this is going to increase. And the more we have awareness of our own minds, our own sacred space, our own intention, our own you know, parts of us that we have difficulty with, the more we integrate those into our heart, the more we will develop a good sacred space that says, I love who I am. I listen to my higher self. I like to play and create in that fourth dimension, but I always stay true and integral to my soul's purpose. Until next time.
Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of HeartSpeak.